It's the night of January the 6th, the Feast of the Epiphany, and I'm walking through a snow-covered Dublin, as you can hear. This is appropriate, because this programme is about a new series of podcasts that have been published that are based on a story that's set on January the 6th in the snow-covered Dublin, the night of it, in 1904. The podcasts have been published by UCD on a site called Joyce'sDublin.ie and the story is James Joyce's The Dead. And The Dead tells the story of a feast, an annual feast that's held every year and it describes, it's, it's just a brilliant story, it describes the food, it describes the people who attended the feast, it gives you such an idea of what life was like in 1904. And that is a very sad ending to the story in that it also tells you the story of a couple after they've been to the feast. And the feast, the, the atmosphere is fantastic and there's somebody singing the Lass of Ockram and there's various other contributions as well. But it then tells the story of the couple, uh, this couple after they leave the feast and they travel through the snow-covered city back to their hotel room. This edited extract, there are six podcasts in all, this edited extract of one of them is presented by Barry McGovern. After the warmth of the dinner party and the echoes of the Lass of Achram, we are out on the quays following Gabriel, Greta, Bartel Darcy and Miss O'Callaghan along the river in search of a handsome cab. Once in the cab, Joyce takes us across O'Connell Bridge and they see not a white horse, but a white man, the Daniel O'Connell statue covered in snow. Gabriel and Greta are staying in the fashionable Gresham Hotel rather than facing the journey home to Monkstown. Kevin Whelan. It's typical of Gabriel that he wants to stay in the fashionable hotel, the Gresham. He doesn't stay down in the old city. He doesn't want to kind of stay overnight with the ants because that's the deeply unfashionable and mouldering part of the old city. And Gabriel, who's quintessentially middle class, wants to see and be seen. So he goes to the Gresham. The hotel scene there is almost heartbreaking because it's there really that Gabriel comes to the realisation that the sexual spark, the emotional connection that he feels with Greta, that that's extinguished and that really he's a second-hand lover, a second-hand husband and that the real emotional high point of her life has been this extraordinarily warm and rich and intense episode with Michael Fury, the young man who literally dies for love of her. Unlike 15 Usher's Island, the Gresham Hotel did not survive the Irish Civil War and while the hotel was rebuilt, little remains of the 1904 building except the wine cellar which leads under O'Connell Street, where we brought Anne Fogarty and Geraldine Meany to talk about the final scenes of sex, love and longing. I suppose the move to the Gresham is a sign of the general wealth of Gabriel and Greta as a couple, that they have the leisure to take this night off. But they're really moving to the heart of Dublin. And Joyce's stories do always tend to gravitate towards the, the middle, and the heart of the Hibernian metropolis. It's like if he wants to really delve down into Dublin as a city, as well as delve down into his characters. The gaslighting has failed when they get back to the hotel. It has been plunged into darkness. And we have 
at the beginning, a comic aspect um, to matters in that you have the sexually overexcited Gabriel who's expecting another kind of denouement um, to the evening, who's utterly misinterpreted his wife's reactions. He's picked up on a few signals, but he's misread everything completely. And it's only when they move into a totally private sphere, the hotel bedroom, that eventually Greta's revelations very haltingly come out. Gabriel leaves the party very much expecting that he's going to have sex with his wife, very much expecting that this is going to be the culmination of their evening. And really almost euphoric because they've had this evening out. His sense of himself has been disturbed somewhat by Molly Ivers. There is this sadness about the ageing ants, but he's going to now reaffirm life, reaffirm his relationship, reaffirm himself by having sex with his wife. And it completely crumbles. He is initially incredibly angry and he does talk about anger and lust, that the expectation he has of sexual fulfilment is blocked by the memory of this previous lover. From wanting to make love to her, he ends up unable to comfort her. That death overcomes life, that death and mortality overcomes sexuality and life. And, you know, I think that is part of the process whereby the ghosts get the upper hand, that the shades of the past and the shade of death comes to be the most powerful force in the story. The final epiphany in the story, as Gabriel sees himself anew and alone, once again brings us to a window, this time looking out not just over Dublin and the falling snow, but over the country from west to east. Snow was general all over Ireland, falling faintly upon all the living and the dead. That final image, stretching out from the bedroom window, across the country and back again to Gabriel, standing alone, his wife asleep, his soul swooning as he listens to the falling snow, provokes and moves us. Is the ending one of despair or one of hope? An edited extract from one of the podcasts that have been published by UCD discussing The Dead, the short story, the great short story by James Joyce. And at the end of that podcast, they actually discuss whether or not the ending is as sad as as I described uh, at the beginning. The podcasts are available on joycesdublin.ie and if you go to rte.ie forward slash on one, there's links in the Curious Here section. The series of podcasts are also being broadcast on our digital station, that's RTE Choice, every Wednesday evening at a quarter past six. So, walking through a snow-covered Dublin on the Feast of the Epiphany, thinking about the dead. You've been listening to The Curious Ear. I'm Ronan Kelly. <laughs>